There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow, is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding, Ding dong. Las, Las Culturistas calling. And it's a moment for the pod. It's going to be a moment for the pod. Matt, I think, um, well, we've been sitting on this news for a while, I would say. We've been sitting on it so much. Our butts are, our little tushies are numb. <laughs> They're numb. Well, okay, let's just, let's just like, get down to like business brass tacks with this. Of course, like, business first. That's actually rule of culture number 66. Business, business first. first. So the whole move to iHeart was sort of packaged to us and we were lured even. Lured or lured? Would you add the umlaut to the U, Matt? I would say lured. Lured. We were lured. And actually that's the way Lord, the singer, pronounces her name now. Breaking news, I'm getting that in my ear. Uh-huh. She wants to be known as lured. Lured. Okay. So, She's an artist. She's an artist. Do her thing. Oh, and it's so funny how umlauts and just that sort of um, diphthong vowel mm-hmm. sound kind of relates to what uh, our guest is promoting right now. Anyway, right? Exactly. It, it really, really does. does, and and that's part of the cultural crossover. Yes. And and when I say that, I I take both my arms and I sort of fold them over each other to sort of physicalize. Yes. The the umlaut. And this was the business that needed to come first, by the way, for everyone. Right, right, right. So we're just saying that the whole the move to iHeart was predicated on this lure that um our guests. Let's just say there was a proverbial fishing hook. Yes, the oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not familiar with fishing. Um, I'll, the the line was cast. The line was cast, and we being the fish, and we, to varying degrees, we both are fish because yeah. we are water signs astrologically. That's right. Now, we bit the hook. We as, bit so the to speak. hook. Our guest was starting a new podcast network with iHeartRadio. 
Diehard Media. It's called Big Money Players. We're so happy, excited, honored to be a part of the network. Oh, we are thrilled. And I have to say, this was sort of, this was, because you know that on this podcast, we talk about the culture that made us say culture was for us. Absolutely. And it's actually interesting to have a guest that was a part of the culture that I think for both of us made us say culture was for us. Let's just start off by saying you and I were both uh, high school intercom announcers. My sign-off lines, my sign-off lines traded off between have a good day and a pleasant tomorrow, which is a weekend update. Which is ripped from Tina Fey, and it's theft. Well, Chevy Chase. And, and it's theft what you've done. Well, they, they and Jane Curtin, they said it in the in, in the first iteration. Did they? That wasn't a, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I'm the one being educated. Tina brought it back. But then my, my other sign-off line, which was my sister's huh. sign-off line when she did it, was you stay classy, Smoky Hill. Well, and that's ripped. And that's ripped. And that's ripped from our guest. Now, now what's your, what, how is it formative for you? Go, go. Well, let's just say that, um, well, I'd actually rather tell this to the guest. Okay, amazing. So, so I, I'd rather just, first let me say, so before this, Bone and I recorded a video trailer for this podcast, Las Culturistas, and I decided for that video trailer to wear, quote unquote, a fun shirt. Yes. And then I, I I was sort of volleying back and forth with Bowen, like, do I change out of my fun shirt for the guest? And I realized I was nervous and anticipating the guest to that point where I didn't know what shirt to wear. It Like it was a damn date or something. Wow. Because I want to represent myself well. Conservative but attractive. Appealing. Oh. Jumps off the screen but not obnoxious. These are the things we navigate. Oh my goodness. And you had to tone yourself, you had to dial yourself back for and that's our guest. Code switching that I'm doing, you know? But the thing about our guest is he I mean, and and now you know, now it's sort of you've you've sort of proved this out for yourself. Once you see him, once you talk to him, it Easy. all melts away. It all melts away. He's not this, you know, A-list. He's not fast and A-list. No. Yeah, he's not fast and A-list. You know, he's not down at what's it called? The chateau, no. you know, sort of like with his eyes down, like, don't look at him. Like, no. he's very sort of, you know, he's the approachable guy, and I feel that he's wearing the appropriate hat for the moment. <laughs> yes, we'll talk about the hat. <laughs> Let's just quickly go through the credits. Um, yeah, what are his credits? Where are we, will we know him from? Well, he was a <laughs> cast member on SNL for seven seasons. He um, co-founded Beloved uh, comedy outlet Funny or Die uh, mm, has produced it. so many wonderful works. He is founding Big Money Players Network, which we're so happy to be a part of. And he's promoting his new film, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Which we have seen. Which we have seen. We love it. It's so funny. It, stars- it is a goof aloof fest. We love it. And a it's based on, of course, Eurovision, yes. which is amongst the gayer things to happen in history. Yes. So we're very excited that there is a film depicting the moment that is Eurovision. Yes. And so we're so excited to have the moment that is our guest. (laughs) Welcome into your ears, Will Ferrell! Yes. Yes. here? Will, tell everyone what you're wearing, what the hat you're wearing. What does it say? say? I am wearing a... um, what appears to be a <laughs> MAGA hat. It's no. the same font. Yeah. Uh, same uh, red hat with the white letters. Right. But it says, make America gay again. And thank you. <laughs> we yes. need to make yeah. America gay again. 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 We need and to I make also, it gay. Yeah. I, I love that, you know, walking down the street could be a Trumper and he could look into your eyes and think there's one in me. And then upon closer inspection, no, sir. Here's the best thing. I have worn this hat a couple of times and I would get so many looks from people who were like, wow, he's actually yeah. wearing <laughs> that hat. 
Yeah. And then it would be a double take once they saw what it actually said. So, mm -hmm. um, right. And then it just, I got too many of the, the first round of looks, which were, uh, please take that hat off. And right. I, uh, so I stopped wearing it. Uh, but so this is fun to, to get to put it back on again. Yeah, it's it's sort of um, it's a trick of the eye because it upon is. first glance, I mean, I actually saw Bowen before he had to go all the way up close to his <laughs> computer to say that he can't possibly be wearing a Make America Great Again hat. And then I saw the look of sheer delight in his eyes once he realized the 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 the, uh, the humor. I was incredulous at first, and then right. I saw what right. the wording was, and then I and then I sighed. You were like sort of internally. This Will Ferrell, where, oh, do I know him? I don't think I do. <laughs> yeah. And wait, okay, I do. I do know him. Yes. I know this guy. So I have to tell you, um, the one of, this is very exciting to have you on because not, not only just because you are you, Will Ferrell, an icon to us, a hero to us comedically, but also you kind of did enter my personal life in a time I really needed help because it was... Ninth grade, I think I was in. I needed help. You needed I, help. Bad. So it was like ninth grade. I was like a gay teen, young gay, closeted teen. And then I remember I wasn't fitting right. in with like everyone in school. Oh, and yes. Anchorman came out. And I remember going into school and everyone was quoting Anchorman. It kind okay. of became one of those movies where ever, everyone universally was loving it. And it actually did make me fit in and make friends. The fact that I had like a knowledge of that movie. Oh, that you could kind of throw down some Anchorman specific quotes. Yes. Yeah, and, uh, gotcha. Yeah. It was kind of just like, because that was that was very much like a, a thing, I think. It's like, oh, we can all quote the same movies. We all have the same cultural language. But that, that entered my life in a time when I was like, yeah, I needed that. That's nice to hear because that's that's not exactly what was happening in the theaters initially, because we were getting stories from friends and family who were, <laughs> who I literally had one of my best friends in college go to see it opening uh -huh. weekend with his wife and another couple. And the other couple just halfway through just were like, we're out of here. We, we don't get this movie. They just said, I'm wow. so sorry. Yeah. Just left. Wow. And, uh, um, I remember Adam telling a story of a, a friend of his calling, <laughs> calling him up saying, he had gone to the to the theater ahead of time. He was he was watching something else. He thought, "Oh, I'll, I'll watch the last ten minutes of Anchorman." He poked his uh -huh. head into, uh, and he watched. He literally, <laughs> as during the end credits, he heard like a verbal altercation uh -huh. between people in the theater. One person was like, "Will Ferrell, I want my money back," and someone else was like, "Shut up, that movie's funny." And so it really was, uh, you know, when it first kind of came out, people were like. Either absolutely loved it, or 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 just thought I do not know what to make of this, which is kind of a good place to be. It sounds like a cop out to say this, but I feel like that's how you know you've done something correctly. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting you say that though, because I actually went. I, I remember. Okay, this is the story of how I saw Anchorman. Yeah, my family and my cousins were all going to Coney, not Coney Island. We were going to a Dorney Park. 
So we were we lived in Long Island and we were all driving up to go to Dorney Park and we were so excited. I I've like always Thank been, God you were not going to Coney Island. <laughs> no, Just no, so we, we were yes. Thank God. We, Thank th- God we were, it was a Dorney Park. It yes. was a Dorney Park trip and those are yes. those are singular. Okay. So we were on our way to Dorney Park and it was I couldn't have been more excited because I was like I'm I still am to this day like a theme park person and when this becomes a therapy session in 5 minutes right. we'll unpack it. Um but I was so excited and so were all my cousins to do roller coasters and like do the whole thing. It downpoured the most in Pennsylvania history. It rained the I remember like oh, wow. the, the the news was like Oh well, not only is everything closed today, but it's raining more than it ever has ever. Like kids' days are ruined, especially if you're going to Dorney Park. I'm Sandy Canyon. This is the movie minute. Um, but anyway, so we were devastated. We, it wasn't even like, oh, let's still go to the theme park. The lines will be short. No. So me and all my family, including my little cousins, went to the movie theater, and there was Anchorman playing. And so you thought, what the heck? Yeah. We thought, what the heck? Right. We were watching it. And me and my cousin, who were like, like 13, 14, were dying laughing hysterical because we we didn't know really what it was going to be. And then it turned out to be sure. truly so fucking funny. <laughs> but my mother did have to take my little cousin and my sister out. They did leave because my mother was like, I can't be talking whale's vagina to my young daughter. Like, what is this? And just like, I, it was so... It was so jarring, and I think that's part of why I loved it so yeah. much because I did not know what it was going to be, which maybe speaks to what you're saying. It's funny because we, uh, having come from SNL, where uh-huh. you're obviously given uh, some leeway as to what you can kind of, you know, present to the table, but for the most part, there are a lot of that that shows governed by a lot of rules, mm-hmm. and I think it was our expression of like. We're just, why does it have to follow this way at this time? And we just are like, we're like, let's break every comedy rule we can think of yes. and, and just have this be this reckless kind of joyous experience and kind of come back to the ensemble comedy that, you know, I kind of grew up loving. And, and we just had as much fun making that movie as we could, partly because I think there was a real feeling of like, they may just shut us down. This may be the last time we get to do this. So let's mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> let's just go out with a bang. You you thought that that early on though, in your in your post SNL career, that like this might be the end. Well, it, just because it, you know you have to remember, like I think we got uh, we had written the script and it wasn't. We just went out with it, and I think we got like. 10 12 rejection like that that movie just kept getting wow yeah uh no one really wanted to buy a a <laughs> comedy about a newsroom comedy uh they just couldn't add up you know they they I don't think they saw how absurd it was going to be and you know what you know that cast was going to kind of bring to it and things like that so we just when we finally got to make it we thought oh this is like we're playing with the house's money here wow yeah 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 but I yeah, when you're talking about it, it's like you have to imagine it wouldn't like pitch super well. You know what I mean? Like off the page, it doesn't feel like in a studio would be like, yes, that is something we're that I dying think is gonna. To have yeah. We need that like um, comedy about '70s anchormen, like sort of navigating sexism, right? <laughs> and uh, throwing, you know, purposely littering, you know, things like yes. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it really is like that's one of the reasons I love it so much is it really is about sort of like 
toxic masculinity and like yeah. like it is like a it's, it's a satire of that taken all the way down the yes, road but yes. then like in recent years since that movie ca has come out you realize like this while it is a sort of extreme caricature of that situation it's actually yeah. really not dissimilar to the way no. that women would be treated spoken to i mean it's it's just really and it holds up any any sort of news person I've run into has has said, "Oh, we've I know people exactly like Ron Burgundy," uh -huh. which is funny and scary all at the same time. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was while it was a silly movie. I remember w one of the uh, worst reviews we got was actually from the San Diego local paper, uh. and <laughs> they <laughs> they were like, "We're very disappointed in this movie. It really." really had an opportunity to say something and it just <laughs> it just missed the mark and uh but you know conversely like the guardian uh, a lot of the british papers they totally got what we were doing and mm. they they were like this is this is great satire i i'm wondering i mean you and adam writing it after snl having that mindset of let's break every rule because we have been so used to yeah a, like a pretty stringent environment like right was that did you guys were you guys aware of that as you were both finishing up your tenures there because i feel like once you're i don't know not to make it sound like this watch it connor well, watch well, it <laughs> easy well i'm saying like working there watch when you work it. Th when you work there you sort of like you yeah. sort of like abide by all the rules and you kind yeah. of have to yeah and i feel like yeah. did you guys like intentionally bring that with you once you guys left i that mindset that's a really good question. Uh, I think it was probably, I probably, I think it was still probably more subconscious. But yeah, there was, there was a feeling of of being sick of the rules and quotes of comedy. Yeah, yeah. And why can't we punt a dog off a bridge mm -hmm. and have it come back to life? <laughs> right. And, <laughs> save us from grizzly bear, bears. Yeah. Why? Because if if I pitch that. Uh, <laughs> someone's gonna <laughs> someone's gonna laugh politely and then leave the room and go. That what? that's the worst yeah, that's I've, I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, I think it was probably a, an extension of both of the you know both of of, of just uh, executing that idea and wanting to do something crazy and then also just uh, yeah wanting wanting to kind of get away from something that has such a form that it sticks to. Right. Yeah, I think that's something that Bowen and I respond to, like, and that when we, whenever we're together and like we're really laughing at something, we laugh at something because it is so stupid. Like, <laughs> right. and that's, that's just our humor yeah. together. And I think that's what something I recognized in it, like, um, from a very early age, like, even like if you watch like the, um, sort of outtakes, I prefer to call them bloopers. I think bloopers is the funniest word in the, in human bloops. history. Classic I want to call bloops. them bloopers and actually rule of culture number 100. They're not outtakes. They're bloopers. They're, they're not, not outtakes. outtakes. They're, they're bloopers. bloopers. And they can be shortened to bloops. To bloops. Yes. Shortened to bloops. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. yes. We'll add an addendum onto the rule. We'll, we have people that, that do that. Um, so, like there was the scene where like you're in the car with Christina Applegate, who by the way is our our queen, amazing, amazing. and yeah. she's so incredible. And oh my god, she's so amazing in that movie. Uh, but there's a scene where you are doing the whale's vagina San Diego thing to her in the car, and you start breaking down laughing, and you say it's just so stupid. Yeah, this is so stupid. Yeah, and I, that's that yeah. is I think something that gets a little lost nowadays. Totally, which I think is sort of. Uh, having a resurgence or I hope 
It is because I almost feel like, or I'm hopeful that, that we can return yeah. to sort of like really going for the joke, big characters, like comedy is supposed to be funny. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that that was just, uh, you know, a, the realization of, of the moment that these stupid lines that we'd written in a room, in a, in a vacuum, mm -hmm. we now had, there we were parked on a bluff in the middle of the night with a crew of 50 <laughs> yeah. people having to film <laughs> <Yeah>. this moment. <laughs> Saying them. And yeah. you're getting paid for it. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, this is, you know, if I don't ever get to do another thing again, I'll be good. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Speaking of, um, speaking of stupidity, I would say, or just like um, <laughs> a big budget comedy, which I feel like is, as a concept, is like waning from Hollywood right now. Mm. Um, let's talk about Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Do you like that concise title, by the way? I I love the title. <laughs> I love that, but that it's it's for that same reason. It's like that's why we love Ricky Bobby. It that's just why keeps I love the going on. It's so that's good. so funny yeah. though. Yeah. Like I, a title yeah. should be titles should be like uh, fucking Fiona Apple album titles. Like yes. they go on and on and on. Like the fact that it's such an epic title, I think only helps that matters. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it communicates something to the audience. You're like, oh, okay, I know what I'm in for. This yeah. is gonna be it's silly. an entire paragraph. It's so fun. Okay, so I, I, so, but I was talking to Matt about this before we started recording over text. I was like, oh yeah, like I can't remember. Maybe it's just because I have a million blind spots with this, but I'm like, when was the last like big budget comedy that like I've seen mm -hmm. with like international stars and like it's about and like it just felt very, it felt like a nice like comedy frozen in amber kind of thing from like right. early to mid aughts. Whereas like, oh yes, like. I enjoy this kind of movie very, very much. Um, so was that like, was that kind of what you, and because I mean, you and Andrew were like going to, Andrew Steele, right. were going to Eurovision to like, like figure out a story around this or like, well, like, like what, what was the seed crystal behind it? Yeah. Um, I mean, the crazy, the crazy journey of this is that, so I, uh, my wife Vivica is Swedish. We've been going to Sweden uh, for 20 years mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. summer. Um, in fact, this summer will be the first summer we haven't gotten to, to go. And that first trip we went, we were with her cousin and we were out. Uh, they had like a little cabin in the country that we were out picking mushrooms, you know, with rubber boots on, as you would do in Sweden. It sounds right? very Swedish. And this is a good film, by the way. Have you written this down? That's this is a not, this is a really good I film. I need to. This You're is right. a good this, film. This is a good film. There's a there's a feature in that. <laughs> um, and so she just uh we had dinner and she's like, oh, shall we sit down and watch Eurovision? And uh, <laughs> we're like, um yes, of course. We should. Yeah, of course. And we it happened to be the night of the finale because there's there's two semifinal nights uh, for for your listeners and yes. then there's a mm -hmm. final final night and we watch we sat there for three hours and watched the oh final. yeah it's a whole thing it's a whole thing because the last twenty acts or so they do their performance then yes. they have some special guests and then they tabulate all the votes and each country does this whole series of voting and and it builds this tension. But I was sitting there going, what is going on? Yep. What it's is the show? It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and it's even gotten over the years a little more, um, you know, everyone pretty much sings in English now. And yeah. the acts are, are kind of 
you know, they're really trying to get played on the radio and uh, yet there's still some just amazing moments between the staging, the costumes. And so I was watching this, you know, 20 years ago going, oh, this, this has to be a movie and someone's yeah, going to make it. And no one ever did. <laughs> I kept waiting to like, you know, read, oh, so-and-so finally made a comedy about Eurovision. And it wasn't until, yeah, four or five years ago that I, I called up Andrew Steele, former SNL writer, and I was like, Andrew, you got to check this thing out called Eurovision. I've always wanted to make a movie. I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing anything right now in this moment of time. Let's fly out there. And mm -hmm. so we flew out to Copenhagen and that was the year that uh, Conchita Verst won. Conchita yes, Verst. yes, yes. For Austria. And so we, we got to see it you know, in its entirety there. And I was with Andrew and then our producer, Jessica Elbaum. And I was like, do you guys see what I'm, I'm talking about here? And so, yeah. And then from that point on, that's when we sat down with the Eurovision people and, and said, would, would you let us make a movie? Yeah. And what, what was their response? Cause you have to imagine like, there's been nothing about it. So this would be the first thing. It was, um, I think it was very, it was very European. The reaction. <laughs> it was well. Hmm. We don't really need the publicity. We get like two hundred million <laughs> viewers every year. Uh, and uh, and I said, you know, obviously it'd be a comedy, but I think it'd, we'd be making fun. But it is also an homage and with love at the same time for the process. And right, they were like, uh, yeah, I don't see why not. And and that was kind of the agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And then uh, they let us kind of, yeah. It's interesting that you say that. Like, it's a comedy, but it's also, it is an, also an homage because something about the movie that I didn't expect is it is actually a very sweet movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's way sweeter than we than we really set out to make it. And then we yeah. we really, we started uh, um, really kind of digging in deeper and making it about a relationship between uh, these two, these two friends. Uh, mm -hmm. And... And, you know, w what the music means to them and in terms of the competition and listening to each other and things like that. It is surprisingly sweet in a way that um, in the final song that Rachel's character sings, mm -hmm. uh, there I was at every single test screening. I'm in the back of the theater crying. Oh, uh, kind of with how sweet the song is, yeah. I feel. And it's actually a really good song. And then it's very good. Every time I, I, I. Uh, I would watch that moment. I just would think about, gosh, I can't believe we finally made this movie. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, all, all of those things kind of, kind of are interwoven when I watch that moment. It's it's really lovely. Okay, we should say um, your co-stars are Rachel McAdams, Dan yes. Stevens, Pierce Brosnan, Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato has fun moments. We endorse Demi Lovato <laughs> on this podcast. This is a podcast that loves, d endorses, and as the kids say, stands Demi Lovato. Yes, yes. And something explosive happens with her character. We love her. Yes. What, what's, what's she like? She was fantastic. I mean, that was... You know, David Dobkin, our director, kind of has all these ties to the music world because he still uh, does a lot of music videos. And mm. he was like, I, I think we can get Demi to, to play this role. And she was so uh, sweet and lovely. And it was she was actually shooting during her birthday. Oh, um, fun. We kind of had this really special moment uh, where and, and she had just come out of her last for a rehab stint. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I really wanted to work on this because I'm a fan and I go, you're so sweet. We can't believe you're doing this. We just can't believe. And 
she said, but I have to tell you, like watching your movies really kind of helped me Wow. Uh, uh, kind of go through what I had to go through. And mm. it's weird when you get hit in the chest with something like that. And it's, uh, and it's so personal to her. And uh, it was one of the sweetest things ever. And I was like, and now you're going to do this crazy character in the love of this it. movie. And she's <laughs> like, I don't get to do things like this. So it was, uh, it was really kind of beautiful. And she just was, she was up for anything. And the thing that struck us too was, uh, you forget that, oh my God, she is a, she's an absolute pro. Yeah, she's, yeah. well, she's one of those kids, like, she's like a Barney girl, you know what I mean? Like, she's been doing it since the jump. She hits the stage, she knows mm -hmm. exactly where the camera is, she's turning perfectly. <laughs> yeah, she's a pop star. <laughs> oh my gosh, stone cold pro. Yeah. And would do like three takes and like, Oh my God, I don't know what else you're going to do. And yeah, she sounds unbelievable on the track that she sings. Like, it's she's great. It's yeah. really cool. Um, but you mentioned like just the behavior of a pop star on stage. And actually, right. that was something that I was really picking up on during it. Like, obviously, Eurovision is a very European show, and the pop right. stars are very European. Um, and so there is like this element of like, whimsy to everything and it's something 100%. that i love it's like it's like pop music taken all the way to that pop yes. <laughs> place like it is they're truly playing characters on it's stage. maximalism in pop music yeah. so did you like sort of observe a lot of a lot of performances i would imagine that you've like probably seen years going back but did you and rachel who also i would say really embodied a pop star on stage during yes. the performances um did you what, what did you do for that yeah we i mean andrew and i we 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 attended three of them in person and just, yeah, watching everything. We forget because we have American Idol, we have The Voice, we have these habitual uh, kind of things that are happening all the time. And, and the U.S. is kind of the epicenter of pop music culture in so many ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For this, for Eurovision, there it's it's 47 countries and some of the countries are so small and you know might be 300 400,000 people if that and this is this moment for them mm -hmm. to get in front of 15 20,000 people in a worldwide audience and you can tell it means so much the moment and they just don't have the same platforms that i think we all take for granted, whether it be the UK yeah. or over here. That's one of the things, you know, obviously we observed the funny or interesting or kitschy or however you want to describe it, costumes. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, when we were in Tel Aviv, I believe, which is where we shot a lot of the crowd stuff, you know, one of the acts is a guy, I couldn't figure out what the camera angle was, this guy singing and it looked like he was kind of upside down. And then he's being raised up and he's a full vampire coming out of a flaming grand <laughs> piano. And uh, <laughs> unbelievable. I was like, wow, that they thought of this. Yeah. They built yeah. it. They can, they talked about it. There was meetings. And executed it. <laughs> and they pulled it off. And I don't know that, that kind of European style and flair is just a whole nother thing to comment on.
it's truly crazy. Like to the well, I won't, it's a spoiler, but insane things happen on stage while you and Rachel are performing, and like it's almost like <laughs> you, you, the audience, believe the insanity. Like yeah. I, that could be part of the performance. Like I've seen crazier things in Eurovision than like an actual disastrous thing happening as a plot point in this movie. Like that right. is like what goes down. <laughs> Because yeah. it's it serves yeah. the comedy very well, especially in the physical ways or especially in like the slapsticky ways. Like and I would say, well, that this is I think your your gayest film, your queerest <laughs> film. Matt, would you would you agree? I would have to agree. Yes, yes. And like there's 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 you there's would you would put it above Blades of Glory? <laughs> I Blades of Glory is Blades of Glory is your most incestuous film. Okay. okay. I would feel like this I is your I love gayest. Blades of Glory too. I, I love feel, Blades of Glory. I feel Blades of Glory is up there for me because it really, it again, about something super specific. Yes. Super fun characters, big jokes. And also like, I fucking love Amy Poehler and Will Arnett. And oh that yeah. That They're is the just best. Strong yeah. and Fairchild. She's like blowing out the guns. Like, well, I, I don't know. It's just so funny. So stupid. Yeah. Um, I yeah. wanted to I wanted to ask like so we as a podcast have are on record for saying that Rachel McAdams deserved an Oscar for Mean Girls. So this is like a podcast that has for many years wanted to see her return to like big comedy like this. Yeah. And yes, then it's so right. fun to see her return to big comedy like this because she has become such a movie star. Right. And you know that's kind of just what happened after Mean Girls and she's sure she's done comedy but to see her play a character is fun. What's your experience with her? And please spare no detail. We love Rachel. <laughs> I mean, Rachel, yeah, she. You, you kind of forget just, like you said, she's probably known more for The Notebook and the serious yeah. actress and that sort of thing. But she is so committed and funny and specific yeah. and even to the point of singing with a specific Iceland accent. And, uh, yeah. Because we are Fire Saga is from Iceland. Yes, for your, yes. Your readers, it's for your the, readers, right? Your it's readership. our readers. Thank you. Yeah, our readership. This is a. Thank this you. Is an, this is Good. a book. In I'm many glad. ways, it's a book. Right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but she, I, th I think she was a, a a little bit like, oh, here we go. I haven't been on the ship in a while. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? And, but then she just, she just dove right in, and she's funny. <laughs> she's funny. And so lovable to look yeah. at that she kind of gives my character Lars, you know, the the weight behind it because she's willing to go on his journey with him, and oh, yeah. and she brings such sincerity to how much she loves this guy with this dream that you know he's tried twenty something years now to get in, and yeah. uh, and and so it it allows you to believe in my story uh, mm -hmm. and our story collectively. We had the best time. I mean, she's all hands on deck. She's got kid and a partner. And so I didn't get to see her that much. I was out partying in London <laughs> and she could not answer the bell. No, come on. She got something going so. on. <laughs> Rachel, come on. Rachel, come on, we're going to party. Also, not for nothing, but I yeah. went. I went to Stockholm. Uh, this is a couple years ago, but we did like I for the first Europe for the first time. We landed in Stockholm. We were going to Amsterdam, but we still had like okay. a day and a half to spend in Stockholm. And, and Stockholm, such, 
such a fun city. And also right? we did go to the Pop Music Hall of Fame, which I've talked about a little bit on this podcast, but it's essentially like an ABBA Hall of Fame, yeah. but Pop Music Hall of Fame. But there's like, have you've definitely been. Like, I've been to the ABBA, exactly. The Euro, it's like a whole Eurovision section and you can watch all the performances. And that I think was my first experience <laughs> with it. Like, this is crazy. Like finding out that Celine Dion was in it. Sure. Like, Truly, yeah. like it's like there's like, such a deep well of pop music history that I think Americans don't really know about. That is Eurovision, but it's it's an institution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it it's um um and which is which is why um it's interesting. Something that's so viewed there, we don't really we don't really know that much about it over here. Sure, exactly. It's so weird until two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, America will know whether whether they want to or not. Whether they yeah. want to or not. Yes, I do love I do love the idea that you, Will Ferrell, are the ambassador for Eurovision. <laughs> it's too America. good. It's perfect. Also, that I do want to I do want to say <laughs> that I have a deep appreciation for the fact that the Dan Stevens character in this film is like a baritone pop singer because that is like <laughs> that is something that is a very prevalent thing in Eurovision and around the world is like yeah you're right men who are singing like this we don't really have that here no, no. it's all tenors yeah. Right, so guys right. with super super high voices. No, he is he is all man and uh, very sexualized and oh, uh, yeah, yeah, big big deep powerful baritone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a, he is there he is a masculine with presence his, singing with his song "Lion of Love." Lion of, of Love, yeah, uh, which had amazing. I don't know if when you guys watched the movie if you noticed. The video screen behind the performances yes. has amazing graphics yes. of lions and impalas and, <laughs> yes. and uh, antelope animals yeah. from the from the African tundra jumping behind his performance. Yeah. The animal kingdom is very much present. Yes, yes. very much so. Um, you guys shot in where, like Glasgow and and Edinburgh and like Iceland. You guys were in Iceland. We actually were in Iceland for the last four days. Uh, but yeah, we were in London and and Scotland and then uh, Iceland for the last four days, which uh, was kind of amazing. We were literally in this town of Husavik, where our characters are from, and I think we could have found a place that looked similar to a small town that would have been just twenty miles out of Reykjavik, yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah, but instead we're four hours away. In, I love that. And. All the Icelandic actors I would talk to, they'd be like, "What? You're actually shooting in Husavik?" I was like, "Yeah, isn't that great?" We're like, "Why? There's nothing there. There's two restaurants, one hotel, and uh, so here we were. This big movie crew kind of took over this small little little town, which had an amazing. Uh, I don't, have you guys been to Iceland? It was my first time. I've never. No, been. but I've always wanted to go. It's like, it's like sort of become like a very popular vacation destination in the past yes. couple of years. I've seen a lot of Insta photos from there. These hot springs. <gasps> yeah. This small town of maybe ten thousand people had this incredible hot spring complex mm. up at the top of the hill. Um, so everyone would after shooting, go up and have a beer in the hot springs. Unbelievable. That sounds so, right? I was literally, I was wondering like, is this Iceland or is this movie magic? Cause you know, they could do amazing things in yeah. Hollywood. This movie magic, they can this make you believe magic. you're anywhere in the but world. We were, we were limping to the finish line a little bit on the movie because, uh, I went into my trailer and all of a sudden someone just came in and she starts, 
<laughs> there was no knock. It just burst into the trailer. Uh-oh. And uh, there's just, she starts putting a piece of paper on, on the bathroom door of my trailer. I'm like, oh, hello. And she's like, hello. <laughs> just keeps working. I'm like, uh, can I... <laughs> can I help you? And he's like, yes, uh, you cannot use your bathroom. <laughs> and, uh, and it's starting, this is in October. So it's starting to get, I don't think it's cold for them, but it was cold for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, Oh, why? Like just for like the next hour or like, no, for the whole time. And I go, can I ask why? She's like, well, we, <laughs> the, the, the pipes will freeze. We can't. <gasps> so, Oh, okay. So, but she said, but don't worry. There's a porta potty that oh. you guys can share over here. Oh. And so I didn't worry. But no, I, but uh, still. I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand what was happening because I know they make a lot of movies in Iceland now, but uh, for some reason we could. But not in use... Husavik. Yeah, exactly. Hollywood or Husavik. So I think that meant that someone didn't want to stay up all night long and run the heater so yeah. the pipes don't freeze and I think anyway. the, to- the toilets are unionized in Iceland I think that's what's <laughs> that's what the deal is that's a huge that's a very strong union there big union oh, big movie, movie toilets it has <laughs> to be um, okay so you finished shooting that in, in October and then you I, did, I really I, before we ask the question and, and yes. cut, to, cut to a break I do want to ask or talk about the sketch which I think has taken on this weird life of its own um, but Will, you came and hosted in November of this past season. It was a highlight for me and a highlight for everybody there. We were so excited that you were back. We oh. did the sketch address rehearsal called Cast List. Oh and yes, then it got cut for time. But I it's know. it sort of has had its a weird like little. It's had cult. a moment online. It was cut for time, but it was it was it was where you were the drama teacher, and then we were sure. all we were all the kids waiting for the cast. Did list. you help write that or did no? No, no, that was okay. that was Streeter and Mikey, Streeter, Seidel, and oh, Mikey Day. Oh my god, I love that sketch. It's so, so great funny. Sketch. Um, I looked it up last night just to right? prep for this interview, and I was just like, let okay. me just like relive this and watch it. But then, in my YouTube search, more like there's at least one video out there of an actual drama club at a high school like doing a line for line reenactment of the sketch of the sketch, That's and they're, so they're adding their own details in there. But like, I feel like this is like part of like that little subculture now of like actual high school drama departments who like watch that sketch and are like, oh, this is so real. Because that was the response. Everyone was like, this is so accurate. Oh and, my God. And it was just kind of a collection of of Specifics. stereotypical mem- memories of, yes. of drama types. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Well, that's, I mean, I guess that's the good and bad part about the show is that yeah. things cut for time now have the second life. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, where... In my in my day, it was it, when it was cut for time. It was just it was just gone. You had, you had to mourn it. You maybe would hopefully get to bring it back. Uh, but I I I, I probably I, I, yeah I probably had as many people reacting to that as anything that was on the actual show. That really yeah. yeah, that's so. How do you guys feel about when stuff gets put online? Would you rather have it have a second life on the real show or? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I. It depends. So for me, when it's when something gets cut for time that can't really be recreated with another host, I would say, then like that's when I've only had to do that once. And that was when RuPaul hosted in February. And we he and I had a sketch that was cut for time. And I was like, I'm not right. gonna be able to do this with another host. Like gotcha. he's like 
and the fact that things are consumed in so many different ways. It's not totally yeah. exactly. And yeah. like a lot of people yeah. are watching it the next morning anyway. Um, but yeah, like I hadn't really, and and this is so myopic of me for not thinking that like, Oh yeah. Before YouTube, like, you know, if <laughs> yeah. you're, if you're skeptical, just cut, were, we're gone. Yeah. 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 You're just, uh, how great is RuPaul by the way? So great. Oh, you interviewed him for Ron, yeah, Burgundy, for Ron Burgundy and we were just blown away at how smart the guy, yeah. the, the guy is so smart. Yeah. He's, he's he kind of talk life. about anything. Yeah. He really has. He's incredible. Um, High school I, dropout. High school dropout. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why like I've me. been telling all the like kids, you. all uh-huh. the readers that listen to this, everyone's got to drop out of high school. This is what I keep You've saying. Got, that's the new, that's the new movement. That's yeah, my big initiative. Right, and actually, right. the, the, we should ma- we should say right now, the title of this episode is Drop Out of High School Kids. <laughs> um, so just so we get that message out there yes. straight away. I always feel like whenever uh, you, you you tell me something is cut, Bowen, it, it always is, it, and it appears online the next day. I think that another thing we have to remember is not everyone is watching it at 1130 sure, on Saturday night saying, anyway. Yeah. And so it's like for them, for anyone, it's just like another SNL sketch, you know? They're just consuming piecemeal and granularly anyway did the uh did the did the peekaboo jeans did that air on the on air or was that cut for was that later that also got cut for time and i was very sad about it yes crazy they were out to get you that week bowen yang they were no i i I didn't get anything on um i did i did get to um stand next to will will was playing tom steyer i was playing andrew yang um, and my, my terrible, terrible Andrew Yang. But then, um, but in this peekaboo, this Wrangler peekaboo sketch written by, um, Alex Moffat, Will Steven, um, I was so excited because I, I, there was a moment where you and I, Will, had to walk down yep. this bar, right? but we just, and we had to bump butts and our, <laughs> our ass cracks were showing. And I was like, I can't believe I get to like, did your sh- butt crack touch, eat, touch his butt the crack? cracks didn't touch, but yeah, it, it got, it got pretty close. It got close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but there wasn't I was actual, like, I can't yeah. believe I get to air my asshole with Will. <laughs> and I got to uh, to uh, hip check a jukebox with my Wrangler peekaboos. <laughs> Did that hurt? Yes. No, not really. It was just like, hey, what if I walked over here and gave the jukebox a little, mm-hmm. a little, a little how do you do? Yeah. And, uh, and that stayed in the commercial. That so, did. Yeah. Your your instincts are always perfect. Okay, let's take also, a quick break. Also, I just want no, I, no, not we have not to say yet. one th- oh, one not thing, yet. one thing, which is that I can't believe that we have not spoken about the sort the sketch that you did with Cecily, which was the sort of reality yes. show Bravo type thing. Uh, James, James Anderson. Anderson, and it also made me think of the sketch call, when you sang "Call Me a Boy Tonight." That one years ago, like the cabaret. What was it called? It was Kristen Wiig and Bill were hosting like a jazz night. Oh, it's um, I, sh- I should know this. It's, Broadway um, Sizzle. Broadway Sizzle. Broadway <laughs> Sizzle. Yeah, James Anderson. That guy is genius. The best. He's a Legend. Yeah, I I actually listened to your guys' show with James. Uh um and it's so funny to hear him be interviewed. Yeah, well, he's the best. We so you know, like we we came to visit Sudi, Sudi Green, who's this, one of the writing supervisors, and we were upstairs. That's where you guys met. Yeah. And yes, we met yes. him. And yeah. it was it was like one of those moments though, because that was another thing. Like around the same time, the same kind of people I was connecting with in high school right. over Anchorman also loved 
the sketches that we I would later find out he was writing almost yes. all of them. And so that was like a true moment. Like he is he is um, amazing. No. And that was that was such a fun thing because I would just remember, oh, this is Paula Pell's friend, James. Yeah. Mm -hmm. who'd come by and then wait, James is now writing. Great. Yeah. And uh, but I, it's crazy that he's been writing for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. He's a he's a hit machine. Hit factory. Wow. OK, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Will. We'll ask the question. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yeah. We're all going together, the Lost Coach family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for where you want to get framed, I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. 
Hey, Lost Culturistas listeners, we're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with Gift Mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So... Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Okay, and we're back with Will. Matt, why don't you ask the question? So here's the question that we've been alluding to, and it is the moment that we're going to ask it. So this is, we're going to ask you, Will Ferrell, what was the culture that made you say culture is for me? Now, to sort of boil this down, it's just defining pop culture. It could be something you saw as you were becoming you that sort of helped define how you did become you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, You know... (laughs) Well, there's probably a bunch of different answers. Yes. Okay. You mentioned, though, Matt, theme parks, your love of theme parks. Okay. I'm going to brace myself now. Okay. So growing up in Orange County, California, uh, in the mean streets of Irvine. Yep. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> which is adjacent to Anaheim, home of Disneyland. So yes. I grew up going to Disneyland probably Oof. two to three times a year. and. Wow. In thinking about um, this this actual question, Disneyland was a huge <laughs> that was a huge part of my life. What that I is really think about amazing to hear. And I remember being five years old and thinking at my first thought of uh, this is what I want to do with my yeah. life. I want, <laughs> yeah, but, same. Here, but it wasn't being entertainment. <laughs> my my job that I pictured in my little kid head, uh-huh. I wanted to be. A character. So that meant I wanted to dress up as Goofy, Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, and just walk around the park. And I was, I I was, I was thought that would be (laughs) the most joy-filled experience to get to. Even though I I have no uh, no consideration what's for for temperature control or break time, (laughs) especially then, or the fact that you don't get to say a word. You just have to. You are a silent human yeah. form. <laughs> but I was in love with those, with that kind of, uh, kind of watching that kind of connection between the meet and greet experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I remember thinking that that I, those were probably the first seeds of wanting to entertain were planted yeah. with our annual, biannual, you know, three times a year if we're lucky. Yeah. Trips to Disneyland, which by the way, trips to Disneyland started with tears and ended with tears. Oh yeah, because yeah. you're so damn tired. The <laughs> tears of anticipation of not being able to sleep the night before. I know. Going, tomorrow's the day. We are gonna Nothing like waking up on that Ooh. morning. 
And <gasps> nothing like waking up and nothing like, I remember getting in the most ridiculous arguments with my brother about which rides we got to go on yes. first mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know the impulse is to go on matter mount uh, you know uh, miss uh, matterhorn matterhorn right out of the mm -hmm. gate and i'm like no you got to save it yeah you can't do matterhorn Ooh. right away we got to start with the teacups mm. and work our way up right and he's like why would we do the teacups they're terrible <laughs> um but having fights about that and then before you know it Mom's saying one more ride and we're like, and we're out. What? And it's tears and you've let go of your helium balloon as you see it drift <laughs> off into the parking wow. lot. <laughs> so that's like a huge thing. Yeah. I have yeah. to say I'm, I'm more of your brother type because right. I'm the kind of person that's, especially the way that they do it now where it's like with the fast pass of it all, where it's like, you have to kind of get a reservation to do these rides. And if you don't yes. get one, it's going to run out for the rest of the day. So you kind of got to do <laughs> that stuff early. That meet and greet experience that you, that you describe, it's on a whole other level now, especially yeah. in the past couple of years, as some of the movies have really popped off. Like I'm specifically sure. talking about frozen. Oh yeah. We yeah. went to Epcot one time and obviously I, there's no kids in my, in my family and I don't really care about the meet and greet experience at this point but um it was like the well, line to meet elsa was longer than any oh attraction line like it was like yeah. a four hour yeah imagine and i thought to, to myself like imagine being a parent you this is you really have to be a selfless person <laughs> to be a parent in disney but like standing in line for i'm not kidding you four hours yeah to meet a woman who is dressed up as a character to get this experience for your yeah. kid, but but the little girls, you could see it meant so much it, to them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and, it's pretty uh, cool. And then and then I, um, my dad, my dad's a musician and and played for 20, 25 years on and off with the Righteous Brothers. And there were summers where they performed at Disneyland, uh, and so that was like a magical experience. They have like the Tomorrowland stage, which rises mm. up out of the center of the earth <laughs> like it does in the future <laughs> like like stages will in the future and, we should say uh and i was like oh my god this is incredible yeah they they had this like in disney world they have this it's called the starlight cafe i think it's called the starlight cafe yeah, where they have starlight this like this i've never been to disney world by the way oh you wow. must go Excellent. it's i mean it is it's like disneyland on true like yeah. it's like it's on another acid. It's like yeah, fully yeah. exploded. It's 10,000 times bigger. It's like, it's really a little overwhelming and a little bit kind of scary how big it is and what an <laughs> expedition it is, but it's something you should go at least once, but they have this like alien playing the piano and sort of like <laughs> doing like a, like sort of cabaret, like sort of thing while you eat your like fast food. And I right. used to think it was the coolest thing ever that they had an alien doing that. I was like, that's such a good touch to get the alien coming get in the here. Alien going. <laughs> <laughs> it was a full animatronic, but Bowen, do you did you have a family pilgrimage to Dis to any of the Disney parks? We did. We um understood the significance <laughs> of Disney. So we in ninety nine <laughs> went we we went. And so yeah. um but it was a thing where, and this was it too built up. It was not too built up, and I remember, okay. I remember, yeah. I remember, I remember even as like a, a nine year old leaving and being like, "This exceeded my expectations," which oh is, yeah, which never happens as a child. I thought this was strictly like um, an immigrant thing, but I think this is just like if you're middle class. Um, but yeah. we couldn't eat in the park. We had to bring our sandwiches into the park. Right. Talking about like buying a commemorative okay. cup was. 
a huge was flash huge points. deal. Yes, huge deal. And like yes. it, we, my sister and I would use all our powers of persuasion to like get at Universal um, a the cup souvenir with a, cup, a souvenir cup, Jurassic Park with a T Rex head. Like that was mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. prize. That the was holy like the, grail. Yes, yes. Yeah. That was what you. That was what you like went there for. So you could theoretically bring the cup home and bring it to school and like show your friends. Yeah, it was the, all about the cup. And remember the thing that they did to sell the cup was to tell you this is a cup that you can keep refilling. Free refills. <laughs> it right. was like, this is a special cup. You know, these other cups, these other young girls, you can't refill them. This yeah. one, you can fill back up with any refreshment of your choice. I almost I almost worked there one summer in college mm. and wow. went through the orientation and everything. And um, uh only to not show up for my first day of work. <laughs> and um, because I wanted to be one of the Jungle Cruise guys, you know, wow. with, the, with the, you know. I'm so happy you brought this up with the jokes and with the, jokes the whole, the and whole the banter. And the, I was like, I can do that. I could nail that. And I, I didn't realize that that's one of those jobs you have to work there 10 years at the park to get those. And it's like a um, whole audition process. It's a whole it's like thing. a hierarchy. It's a whole thing. And did you know, speaking of things, you bu- when you walk down Main Street, the candy stores, they pump the scent of vanilla out into yeah. the street yes. to, to lure suck you. you in. Oh, oh. it's a huge, it's, it, everything about it is planned out. So and, I, I got a little peek behind the curtain. I didn't like it as much as when I was a kid. Well, I mean, if you peek behind the curtain there, you're not going to like you're, a lot of what's happening. I, I mean, those workers are underpaid. <laughs> Let's flat out say that right now. It's rule of culture number 91. Those workers, workers at, Disney are, at Disney are, are underpaid. underpaid. Uh, but, this is, but this is the thing about Disneyland, I think. And even, let's say Universal Studios or like Knott's Berry Farm, but like, LA in, or in the in the Southern California area. Like Will talking about his dad playing gigs at Disneyland yeah. on the Tomorrowland stage. I'm like, I don't know if this does this track. It's like in New York, you get like a bunch of performance venues and like growing up there, you get to like whatever, like engage with live performance as much as you want and whatever way you want. But I feel like in California, it's like you go to see theater in LA, but like that's not like what LA is known for. Like, no, you totally. go to Disney and then you see street performers or you see like people just yeah. performing live or even if they're just like slinging jokes at the Jungle Cruise. Right. You know? No, that was uh, and, and Knott's Berry Farm, another another kind of watching performance moment. They had. Well, I don't I'm I'm older than you guys, but I don't know if you guys remember the the song uh, Convoy. No. We got a great old convoy trucking on down the line. It was a song. That, I love that, it. I just want to stop everything and say I love that. That's my favorite song. The guy's whole <laughs> shtick was he was it was music for truckers, and mm-hmm. he had this number one hit called "We Got a Great Old Convoy." <laughs> I love it. He was performing at Knott's Berry Farm, and I yes. said, I said to my dad, like, I gotta go see the show. I just wow. gotta go. And so I sat there alone as a kid and watched. And then found my. I gave my. I gave him a standing ovation, like with the yeah. Crowd. Of course <laughs> you did. I was like, that was a damn good show. Yeah, because that they're was a great. Damn good show. That's the thing about yeah. those people that perform yeah. there is that they're great. And and a lot of people that I know, um, you know, they work at Disneyland or you know, I now that we now that people have listened to this podcast and they know <laughs> that I like Disney World so much and Bowen and oh, I okay. actually let them know yeah. when we're going to be there we've met a bunch of people that perform there and they're awesome yeah and um it's funny that you bring up the Jungle Cruise skipper because you want right. to know when I was young 
my and Bowen knows this because I did a whole show about it yes. when we were in New York. Um, I wanted to be a in Universal Studios the Jaws ride, the guy who was on the boat like the skipper of the Jaws <laughs> skipper who is like we're doing a tour of Amity and this I know every word I'm I, I'm literally off book on it not yep. right now but in in theory I am. And the, of course, Jaws attacks the boat and he has to kind of be like, right. oh no, and fire a grenade launcher <laughs> at like fake sharks and like, you know, react yeah. to everything. But that was my whole dream for years as I wanted, oh when I was gosh. little, I wanted to move there and be that. And then yeah. years later, I was, I did it as a bit on stage where Bowen played the shark. Yes. And I had <laughs> Bowen to get played the shark and I was the skipper and I would just be wildly shooting and we would take members from the audience and we put them on the boat in the stage oh, and I would be okay. the skipper and Bowen would come out at different points in UCB Chelsea and attack the boat. In, sh in shark costume. Do you have yes. like a, a minimal yes. shark costume? Okay. Very minimal shark costume, but I mean, it was all in the performance. It was all in of the vocal placement of, ah, yes. you know, you're, you're yeah. screaming shark. Um, but it was <laughs> yeah. me. I played Jaws, but I had inherited the role from, from Anna Dresden. Writer, from Anna Dresden, who, wrote, yeah. who writes at SNL now. Anna Dresden was the first shark when I did it at the People's Improv <laughs> Theater. And she, I guess, was was too busy to play the shark. And, and Bowen oh. actually stepped in as the shark. I and our, played, shark. our friend Dave Mazzoni played the fire. And Anna got the boot. Anna, Anna got the Anna bit. never to to play the shark again. Never. Yeah, and she's actually yeah. not doing well now. She's really not doing <laughs> well, well now. Um, she out knows of work. when she looks back, she knows what she where she made her mistake. She knows yeah. that she made her mistake yeah. there. But Bowen was yeah. an amazing shark. Thank I don't you. know if, if you know this about Bowen, but he's an amazing <laughs> performer. Thank and you. he's explosive. He's so explosive. Explosive. Yes. Yeah. And he comes explosive. out and he screams. The way he would scream at the at the at the audience members, he was very scary. Yes. Well, I'm sure they're not expecting it from no. Bowen, who seems calm, cool, and collected. And sure. then next thing you know, shark attack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, yes. uh, there were really many times where I felt he was, you know, endangering the people on stage. Would you just vocalize what you felt like a shark should sound like, or would you just say shark attack? Well, this is the thing. When Matt says he's off book, he's uh, he's not only off book, but he's synchronized to the actual track that <laughs> oh plays. That's impressive. On the vehicle. So he would play okay. the track at UCB um, and it would, I I would have to synchronize. I had so to like, you have to be ready to go. You well, can't mess yeah, up. Yeah, this was I a choreographed, blocked thing. We rehearsed 100%. it. Yeah, no, we're not kidding. This is, we're not, this is this really is, this is true. This is very true. And in uh, the track, Jaws, the shark screams like this, mm -hmm, like okay. primal. Whatever like, they ah! thought a shark noise was, they sure, put in there. It was sure. like a Jurassic Park roar, which surely does not happen no. with yeah, sharks. Right. But I had to sort of match my pitch, my tone to whatever was in the track. And I had to form audio cues, like internal, like self-made cues. Oh. Like, oh, when when there's a rustle at this at like minute four, that's when I'll that's be when in this I have position. To, right, right, right. You so know, anyway. fam you know, Jaws famously has a very uh, signature soundtrack. And so there's points in the music where Bowen would know this is where I enter stage left and scream at the people that Matt's put in the boat. Exactly. And also we should say there were also multi sort of like 4D elements where I would have buckets of water. I had a water gun. I would shoot Jeez. and it would the yeah. audience would get wet. And I would actually the show was called You Will Get Wet. And it yes. is online. It is on YouTube. It's on YouTube. I am I'm checking that out as soon as we're done here. You must check it out. It was it yes, by the way, it was a musical. <laughs> So this was not just a four-minute sketch. This is a long, 
It started uh, as a bit I was yeah. doing on stage where I just did the Jaws ride. And it, it was form. like people would like book me for like a stand up set. And I was like, cool, I need time in the space beforehand. Here are my tech. I need. <laughs> it became too much of a thing. It's Someone's going to do the show too. Yeah. So I did it like several times. And then I was like, this will not sustain. I can't do this like on the scene. I must actually do it as part of its own show. And so I wrote a show. It was called You Will Get Wet. It was all about a fictionalized version of myself wanting to be the Jaws boat skipper. And it culminated in the Jaws performance, which was my audition to get it. Amazing. And that's, Bowen was incredible shark and he's gone on to do amazing things as a result of playing the shark. And so have you, and so have you. Um, But it's still, it's still listed in your credits though, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on my um, I am BB. Yes, I am BB. Broadway, Broadway database. Perfect. <laughs> it's for, it, it was Broadway. It UCB was Chelsea Broadway. was Broadway. Database. Yes. Yeah, the Broadway database. Well, no, but I mean, I I do like this concept of like you like going to like as a destination performance. Like I'm gonna go see the guy who sings Convoy, um, and like <laughs> yeah. that's like that's like what like sparked something in you. It was a bonus, a pleasant surprise that you know whatever. June afternoon, I just happened to see that that performer was at the, you know, Silver Wagon showroom and yeah, uh, wow. at Knott's Berry Farm. And, Amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before we do I Don't Think So, Honey, I want to ask about where you're placing. So, okay. So Big Money Players Network, new podcast network network with iHeartMedia from Will. And thank you for producing us. And thank oh you my for God. producing us. Thank you guys for uh, <laughs> coming on board. This is a coup. A coup. A coup. A coup d'etat. A coup d'etat. A coup d'etat. Big time cue. <laughs> and there's Big that umlaut we were talking about. Um, <laughs> Making its I way wanna, in. That's what we call yes. callback in comedy. It's perfect. I, I feel like, okay, so so I, like the, I, I, feel, I would say the flagship show is the Ron Burgundy podcast. Now, and, and you have Carolina, who's your um, assistant, who's lovely. Right. We've met. She's phenomenal perfect but okay but ron let's place ron like in in space time here so he is in the year 2020 he's he's in like <laughs> yeah yeah but like but yeah he, he hasn't really aged since the 70s right no he hasn't aged he's kind of yeah he's stuck at whatever age he is call it yeah. a robust late 40s okay yeah, i would say <laughs> yeah and he's learning. He's like he's like learning so much about this world, and like he, he's trying to evolve. Yeah, he um and he he ping pongs back and forth between. Sometimes he is incredibly enlightened, and yes, he's right with modern times, and you kind of can't believe Ron's really this with it. And then yeah. other times, he he of course is is hopeless. Um, and poor Carolina suffers the brunt of a lot of Ron's uh, misinformation. Yeah. It's perfect in that um, Carolina is straight manning you, but um, but also I feel like what Ron is going through is like a nice mental model. It's a nice blueprint for everybody to, to see, oh, I can be so far behind on some things, but very, as you said, enlightened in others. And willing to learn, but yes. prone to... Uh, f- to flare-ups and abusive <laughs> language and abusive behavior. <laughs> yes. Which is not fair, but he's always apologetic. And yes. I think that's that's what we got to take away. That's what we got to take. He's right? trying his best. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ultimately. Now, where does Veronica Corningstone exist in this universe? Are they still married? Is that, has she moved on? Veronica isn't referenced that often. In fact, Ron is always talking about uh, past girlfriends. It kind of mm-hmm. makes no sense. Um, <laughs> and in fact, the last season, Ron, um, uh, Ron had a relationship uh, oh. with, with Sia. Yes. <gasps> yes. Oh, right. Yes. So Sia. for about two or three episodes he was dating Sia, which he, Sia did tell Ron she was interested in hanging out, but then she had to break it off. And, mm. um, uh, but I don't, I don't think she was as serious about it as Ron was. I see. Uh, to be quite honest. And so he's a little brokenhearted over that. Um, still? But he's technically still married, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to hear him discuss that. And Baxter's probably a hundred years old, and oh, um, Baxter been through yeah, so much. There, there's a lot of a lot of things are being bent. In, yeah, in, right. In, in in his reality, and this is not to say that um, the laws of physics even applied <laughs> in the original movies. Right, right. But they definitely don't apply in the podcast. Of course, no. no. Yeah. Why would that? Yeah. It's a yeah. looser medium, someone argue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a looser medium. Yeah. It's super loose. Yeah. yeah. It's probably yeah, well, the loosest medium there is. <laughs> you didn't I think know? about it. Oh. Uh, amongst. Wow. Loose lips. Loose lips medium. You know? Loose lips medium. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's actually the sister network of big money players, <laughs> loose lips medium. And I'm starting it. And it's only podcasts with mediums with people. Yeah, exactly. Who, yeah, exactly. I have Teresa Caputo. Uh, uh, she's the Long Island medium, and I have at least twenty podcast pitches from her already. Already since I've said it. <laughs> yeah, she already knew. She was like, I've, "I've been waiting for someone to say yep. they had a podcast for mediums," and, and so she's she is ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. Ready to go. They all they sound they sound okay. Um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back with. I don't think so, honey. Okay. Okay. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime.com forward slash culturistas. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. And we're back even. And we're back even. Okay, so I think it's time for I Don't Think So, Honey. Uh, for Actually those of you is. don't know, I Don't Think So, Honey is our one-minute segment where we take one minute to rail against something in culture. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to feel some dread around, I would say. Hmm. There's a lot going on in the world. Um, I have chosen a topic that is not necessarily, I would say, topical per se. And Me I would say a lot of people might not even be thinking about this at all. And Same. that's actually why I feel it's important because in this time, something slipped through the cracks. Okay, and, good. And, and yes. everyone, I, I'm ready. Now, I should just preface this by saying, as a result of my bike accident two weeks ago, my phone is still shattered. So, Bowen, I will need you to, That's to okay. do the timing. What was and, your bike accident? Was well, it, well, what happened was... Or I should flipped, I not ask? Am I a- opening a can of worms? No, I'm, no, no. I'm oh, actually okay. very open about okay. my my injuries. Um, So, I have... You flipped. I flipped over the... Ooh, over the bars. The handles. bars. Yeah. I, I, it was stupid, too. It was I was riding my bike, and right. I went to brake so I could put directions in my phone, which is just not a way you should uh, behave in life. Probably not. And I flipped yeah. over the front and landed on my elbow and wrist. Luckily, we're fine. I just have some, I've banged up a little bit. That's that's not so bad in the world of bike bike injuries. Yes. My boyfriend said it looked like I was dead. Like he said that it, it was it was kind of shocking that I didn't die. And he sounded a little, dis- a little disappointed. Um, but oh, I, I was, um, no, I'm just kidding. He, he likes me. Uh, but he, uh, was like, <laughs> I was so shocked that you were able to get up 
Because I'm oh. also, let me know how you are, but I'm the kind of person that I freak out about little things like my internet will be cutting out every now and then. Like I can't get my Netflix to work. Like it was a real, um, I had a real time trying to get uh, sure. Eurovision to play because my internet was going in and out. And choppy. that's the kind of shit yeah. that I lose my mind about. Ugh. But I flipped over the front seat of my handlebars on my bike and I was just like, it's cool. Just like drive back and drive back with the car and come get me. He's <laughs> like, it's crazy that you didn't freak out about that. But like, wait, over, he had to pick okay. you up? Well, we were far away from the house, and so I was like, just continue to ride on your bike. I'm going to sit here. You get the oh, car. Come back. Yeah. And he was like, I can't believe you're being so measured because you're such a crazy idiot. <laughs> I was like, well. And was this, it was, this was not on such a busy road, I take it. It really wasn't. We actually... We were on we were on vacation. We left LA for a little while, and it happened like far away in like the, a suburb area. Okay. So I flipped over, and I was like, "Okay, this wasn't like at a busy intersection or anything." Temecula. It was. Temecula. It was. It was, it was just... very. It actually was very Temecula. I would say. Okay. And I was. And I was yeah. about to say that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, my Alamazani does not have to do with that, though. I do feel it's important if you care about it. Okay. All right. What? That's a good preface. This is Matt Rogers. Wasn't so it? Honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. The circus. <laughs> it's oh. garbage. There's nuts everywhere on the damn floor. Clean it up. How come the circus is something people go to? Circ circus is, I'm going to say controversially, Eurovision without singing wow excuse me if you're you're expecting me to pay to watch someone flip over excuse me i could turn in once a year every may and see someone do flips and also belt a high g sharp i bet you didn't think that note existed seconds. on the musical scales guess what bitch it do it's in europe uh, yes i don't think so honey <laughs> the circus i have to sit in what is a circle to watch something. And oftentimes, this is not an optimal way to watch things. I like a theater, seconds. bitch. I like to be seated and watch the audience perform out. Staging-wise, I have problems with the circus. Now let's get real. These animals are enslaved. Ooh. They need to become free. I don't want to see an elephant in a big hat. I want to mm -hmm. see an elephant with no hat in the what? African wilderness or wherever they live. They also are in Thailand. If I'm to believe the many Instagram photos I see from hashtag white people, I don't think so, honey. The circus <laughs> and the enslavement of elephants. And that's one minute and 17 seconds. <laughs> well, I went a little over. Take that greatest showman. Ooh. And can I say the reason I'm even thinking about this is because we just watched The Greatest Showman the other night and I was like, this is a circus of a film. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it too. Yeah. And some of the music is so damn good. Rewrite yep. the Stars. It's a yep. moment. We love yep. Zendaya. We love Zac Efron. We wish he would do more musical things. It's no Double Trouble. It's no... Oh, it's, thank you. It's no Double Trouble, the song from... <laughs> if we're ranking duets in film... Double Trouble. Rewrite double the trouble, Stars everyone. is no Double Trouble. Gosh. That was a tour de force there. Yes, it really was. Yeah, high praise, really high was. praise, high praise. I think it's a rule of culture. The circus is just Eurovision without singing. That's rule of culture, rule of culture number 97. Yeah. Nine, I was going to yeah. say 97. The, the circus is just <laughs> Eurovision, Eurovision without, without with singing. singing. Yes. And yes. I would also say, like, the, the circus would be better if someone came out at the end and we all had to vote on the different acts. And there was, like, a sort of Eurovision moment of, oh, like, okay. the best actors. Because right. I, need I need some competition at the circus. That's that's the way to bring the circus back is with the competition Absolutely. element. Yeah. Hondopi? Hondopi? I want to say that anything that's circus themed, I'm also not on board with. I'm watching Legendary, that ballroom show, that voting yes. show on HBO uh, Max. 
the every episode is great. My least favorite was the episode where they did a circus theme, and I was like, I don't care for any of this. I I, I don't actually care for the aesthetic of a circus or the fact that I'm supposed to be transported to a circus setting. I'm like, I don't really, this doesn't mean anything to me. Well, circuses have dark of course, origin. Of course. We should say that. And also P.T. Barnum was not this magician yeah. that we all think. He had hashtag problems. But he was very handsome. He, he was, was very, very handsome. handsome and very convincing. According to Greatest Showman, he was very handsome. <laughs> I mean, if he looked anything like yeah. Hugh Jackman. Have you ever met Hugh Jackman? Yeah, I met him a couple times. Delightful. Is it something to behold? It is. <laughs> Yeah, he actually hosted the show when I was there, and we did a. Uh, oh yeah, I bet back in his Wolverine days. Yeah, exactly. He's got pipes. He's got the pipes for real. Oh, he's he's speaking of pipes. I was just going to yeah. mention. Remember that era when all the pop star girls were doing circus themed things? Like Britney Spears had circus. Pink had Fun House. There was like this era where all the pop stars were like in circuses. Yes, I think it's ongoing. Maybe it is. <laughs> it's crazy to think about that there was, uh, wasn't there CBS's <laughs> evening of of the stars and they would do, they would act, they would train and do circus acts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a thing. It was like, we're going to watch, you know, uh, Amy Brenneman do the- Exactly. Yeah, Amy Brenneman's going to do the trapeze. The stars of CBS shows would then- Yeah, they would, they would put them in circus scenarios. So that happened. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, the, it, it's almost like the entertainment industry thinks the circus is a thing it can bring back sort of like uh, <laughs> variety shows or something. Hey. Were, were you ever uh, Cirque du Soleil people at all? Do you have mm. any appreciation for that? By the way, I, I auditioned. I tried to audition for Cirque du Soleil. What? For Cirque? You know what you'd be good at? Blue Man Group. I tr Oh, I that would be something that would be... A limited run of Blue Man Group. I think that you would be really good in hey, a Blue Man Group. The, I, I kid you not, the guy on the left is Will Ferrell. How do you know? I swear, <laughs> he was on Las Culturistas. He was talking about <laughs> wanting to do a run on Blue Man Group, and I swear that's him. <laughs> it would be very good. That'd be very meta. That'd be very meta. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think they'd be happy. I think that your top credit from now on should be Las Culturistas. Is that okay? <laughs> I, okay, <laughs> number one. Yeah. I'll just listen. All right, cool. We'll talk to I you just, I wanted to. I wanted to ask before that became canon. Yeah. Um, Bo and Yang, I think it might be time for you to do yeah. it. I don't think so, honey. Okay, all right. <laughs> this is Bo and Yang's I Don't Think So, Honey. And his time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Family size, anything. Yeah. You mm -hmm. don't know my life. <laughs> Go for don't it. Don't know my life. And family size something is on the opposite spectrum of meals for one in the frozen aisle. Do not try to push this nuclear family narrative on me. Absolutely. Don't try to shape my lifestyle into something that I don't want or am not ready for quite yet. Mm -hmm. So let me buy the small, reasonably priced bag of hot Cheetos. Let me buy the big bag, actually 30. the moderately sized bag of pizza rolls when I'm shopping at the grocery store. Grocery stores, as we know, are basically the most perilous, dangerous, precarious places in the world right now. Breeding Do ground. not psychologically attack seconds. me further with this ideological nightmare that you mm -hmm. are trying to graft onto my lifestyle. Yeah, five seconds, hon. Bitch, I'm going to be single and I might own two dogs, <laughs> one ferret who doesn't smell because of what? Genetic modification. Thank and you. And that's one minute. And I have to say, <laughs> family style is a 
psychological, ideological attack. Uh, and that it's funny that it's great that we say that. It's important that we say that. When you are a family-style restaurant or a food product service, you, it's an ideological attack. I've never yes. thought of it that way, 100% in agreement. Thank you. There's Thank no you reason for it. It's normative no and we don't it. need it. We yeah. only uh, pizza yeah. should be personal only. And yeah. that's actually rule of culture number 60. Pizzas Pizza should, should be, be personal, personal only. only. Four little slices. Every anything else is normative family style ideological attack. Even though when I go to a restaurant I always ask if that can be served family style whatever I'm eating. I will say I, I like family style at restaurants, <laughs> even if you're not even if you're not in a family. This is a betrayal. Hans, our producer, just said, "I love family style. Get the fuck out of here." No head one of asked content, you. Head of content, Hans. Who the hell asked stuff. you? Head of content, Hans. He is. He is H of C. H of C. He, so, he is yeah. H of C, and I yeah. mean H of yeah. C. Hans can actually take <laughs> several seats because no one asked him. My no one asked him. <laughs> oh. Why did he have to chime in? I have to oh. say, I think we've discussed this on the pod before, but it's true. It's like family style, you know, when, and I am talking about restaurants. I'm sorry, I'm going to go there. But okay. you order family style, it's usually one person deciding everything that gets ordered. And That's then you'll true. see, yeah, no. Oh, Hans also says anti-family style is anti-immigrant. <laughs> That's Get true. Get the fuck out of here. No one asked you. <laughs> oh my God. But <laughs> how is it anti-immigrant? Because family style is Bo yes. and tell him, Han says. Okay. Okay. So the idea of like single plate, single serve is very much like I would say, I would say it's it's kind of like not even a European concept, but it, it feels like an American concept. Whereas if you uh -huh. like eat family style, it's like, oh, this is just this is how a lot of this is how a lot of like immigrant cultures around the world mm -hmm. eat. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and the fact that we have to even call it family style to differentiate it from the norm is kind of, you know, it's 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 otherizing language. I don't mean to to get I all have an announcement to make SJW about this, but that's my thing. Well, I actually have an announcement to make. Okay. Yeah. As a, as a result of this conversation and the exchange of ideas, I've changed. And I now have come to a place where I realize that family style is the only way that we should be eating at restaurants and <laughs> absorbing food and time together and i want to apologize for recent comments in which i in which i called family style not good end of statement i actually think too this could be transcended into a new uh, a new positive euphemism like mm -hmm. hey what's up we all let's we're all here family style right yes, that's actually, yeah, really good. yeah that's okay. really good i don't know what it specifically is about but yeah the new yeah. title of this episode is Family, family style. style. What was it previously? I don't remember. Drop I think out of it, school. Drop, drop out, out of high school, school kids. kids. Well, I don't know. I do. I do want to send that message out. We. It's pretty explicit in the episode. I think the okay. title "Family Style" is nice. It's inviting. <laughs> so short. Um, I want to point out, Matt, that turn that was right spectacular. there. Yeah, that was not only spectacular. That was very Ron Burgundy. <laughs> very like you know self-examining I, I aspire to be um late 20s uh. gay ron burgundy <laughs> and i say that as a 30 year old man yes yes thank you will i think it's time uh. for will to do i don't think so it's honey. time oh, for will okay. oh gosh okay okay will you're gonna nail you're gonna nail it's gonna be great i'm just supposed to launch into it right you're supposed to launch into it here we go we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna kick you off this is will ferrell's i don't think so honey his time starts now I don't think so, honey. Let's talk about Lady G, 
Okay. Let's talk about Senator Lindsey Graham from the great state of South Carolina. Let's talk. You can't show up with the beautiful blonde hair and the poofy hairdo and not be Lady G. No, you're Lady G. You are full on Lady G. He's Lady G. And just let it all go. Let it go. Let it go. And you will become a folk hero. You yes! won't be allowed back in South Carolina. That's fine. But you will be trumpeted. You will be heralded Oops. in New York, L.A., Miami, Philadelphia. 15 Any major city in America, and people will bow down to you, Senator Lady G. Lady G. Five seconds. And that's what I don't think so. I agree. So, so that's one minute. I have to say, I personally will never forgive him for right. doing the things that he's done. But I will yep. say, if, if he wants to come hang out, he can go sit in the corner of the bar over there. But that's the thing. Okay. He could go sit in the corner and he could do a mm -hmm. Lady G tour and he could go, <laughs> hey, you guys are right. I was wrong about this. I yep. was wrong about that. And I was wrong. But I was too scared to just step out and be who I really am. Yeah. And uh, that would be a powerful thing. Now, for people his 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 generation who may be struggling in the same way, I think right. that perhaps it would be very powerful. It would yeah. be. Because I think that's an epidemic. Absolutely. I would say that in order for Lady G to be fully redeemable in my eyes, right. it, he right. would have to do something to like, to um, rescind the Brett Kavanaugh appointment, I mm -hmm. think. Like, I think he was like. Well, he would. Yeah, he'd have to come clean on a list, a whole list of things. Yes, that goes without saying. That can only be addressed in a one-man show. I think. <laughs> oh, I yes. think he. I think he has to come out in a one-way show. Lady G. Like, what's that Lady Day? At, like the Audrey McDonald play that she won a Tony for? It have to be that, but Lady G. Okay. <laughs> That's the only way I can forgive Lindsey Graham is if he does Lady G at, at Emerson's Bar and Grill or Lady whatever. Lady G at the Turkish Baths, at the Russian at Baths. Lady G at the Russian Baths. <laughs> and it has yes. to be storytelling with songs, yep. Yep. with songs. And then I can talk about forgiving Lady G. It would be the, the first step in forgiveness. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And Absolutely. I should say, I'm, I'm not buying a ticket to the show, but he still no, has no, no. to do the show. Yeah. Right as part of the, the many steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just start with the show. Start with the one man show. And then we'll talk. And then we'll, we'll, we can begin then a dialogue. We can maybe begin a, a dialogue. Perchance. Perchance. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I was gobsmacked at the platinum blonde. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there, especially during quarantine. Who's yes. getting their hair worked on? I mean, look what's happening here. That looks great. Here's the thing. That's what gays in crisis do. They go <laughs> platinum blonde. So to watch him sort of like live that is that out, a telltale sign? Uh, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Okay. All yes. the messes in my life, like you see them go platinum blonde the second, right. like the yeah, second right. things start going south. So to see yeah. him, like. In the midst of like the GOP, I hope finally, finally tanking in front of our eyes to see him go platinum on the world stage. Well, he, it's just too on the nose. It's too on the nose. Yeah. 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 And that's actually going to be the opening number. Two on the nose. Two on the nose. Two on the nose. What's two on the nose? Me. I'll Me, tell Lady you G. Two. <laughs> Lady G, Me. Lady G, Me, Lady, Lady G. G. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's actually a really good 
opening number, and I think it would it would rival all that jazz as the great opening numbers of our time. Oh yeah, for sure. Is there any way to figure out who coined the moniker uh, Lady G? Well, supposedly that's his self a self no. uh, anointed name. Yeah. No, 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 Wait, no. What? It's not self appointed. No. It's, it's the sex workers that he allegedly hired. Oh, that's right. That began the code calling name. him Lady oh, G right. in order to okay. refer to him without saying Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina because they would be nervous about See, a paper trail. This is the thing, though. Is yeah. this is the thing that's wrong with um the. Uh, 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 allegations is that there's a lot of conflicting, inform- contradicting information where what I read was Lady G was what he wanted the sex workers to call him. I feel that's, see, that's a bridge too far for me. Okay, that he right. was like, not only am I closeted, but I'd like to be referred as Lady G. I think he'd make up some boring name. Artist formerly known <laughs> as Lady G. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. now... If, and I feel bad if Lady G is what he did want to be called, and now he kind of like has had that taken away from him. Actually, just kidding. I don't feel bad. Well, it's just fascinating. Yeah. If if, if he's just stuck and cannot doesn't have the courage to kind of, you know. Look, I mean that that's it's yeah. really dark and sad. And I yeah. actually, I mean, then you get to all this. How do you pronounce it? Is it Matt Getz? Oh, uh, yeah, I, right, right, yeah. right. This yep. stuff with the 19 year old quote unquote son. I just, I just learned about that yesterday. I, I, I literally don't think yeah. so, honey. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the, there's a lot going on. And I, I always feel like, um, the people that feel the need to be the most publicly disparaging about a certain group, you have to wonder what their complex is about that group. You know, it's like, it's like with this kind of all this talk about, you know, LGBT rights and, um, you know, with the Supreme Court doing what they've done recently, it's like seeing people and thinking about people that would stand against that. It's like, what is your damage, man? Like, what is your deal? Like, why Mm -hmm. do you need to step in the way of someone's job being protected? And they always bring it back to, well, people should have control over who they hire. And it's like, what? This is such a redirection from what the issue is, which is equality and fair treatment. Yeah. Yeah. So, you have to wonder about these people that are the most vocal about an issue. And that's, this is, I'll, I'll stop short of saying more, but like if someone out there is the most vocal about an issue and really makes themselves a figurehead, mm-hmm. I always think we have to kind of question that, that person. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. Well, we, you and I, Matt, are most vocal about Eurovision, Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. And our complex is that we oh. love it. We hope everyone sees it June 26th. <laughs> the segue of the year. That I was, was incredible. I, I was going to say my damage is that we weren't in it. Masterful. We in it. Yeah, that's. Well, but what the fuck was up with that? Bad. That's our bad. That's my full Lady G I pulled. That's yeah. your Lady G. Yeah. That was you were too afraid to put us in it because you knew we would shine I, bright. I, totally. Exactly. You knew and we would shine too bright. I um, I'm going to have to redeem myself. You can you, can, I have a way you can do that. Can you publicly state right now that me and Bowen should be cast as the eels in Flotsam and Jetsam in the Little Mermaid movie? That's all we want. <laughs> I want to go on record mm-hmm. that <laughs> Matt Rogers and Bowen mm-hmm. Yang should be cast as yes. the eels, Flotsam and Jetsam. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the upcoming Little Mermaid movie. And yeah. there, there's kind of no other choice. I don't really? think there is. I don't think there's another choice. That and what you've done there uh, has, rede- has redeemed you. And I want to say it goes oh, a long way. Just like that. 
Yeah, yeah it's yeah. done. It's done. It's, it's that fast. Ah. I feel it's like, 10 it's like my lighter. family style moment. It's like this is this is your family style moment. Hundred <laughs> We got a lot of redemption on the pod today. Wow, that's good. Well, Will Farrell, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So great to talk to you, and uh, you guys are so smart and funny, and uh, oh, and really creative, and it's just fun to finally be on here. And great that you guys were willing to to come on the platform and. And no joke, you were one of the first ideas we thought of. And that was, Aww. Carolina was like, you got, you have to listen to Las Culturistas. And mm. then iHeart was like, we already know who these guys are. So it was, it was, it's just great to kind of formally get to hang out, you know? Yeah. Totally. And we wish we could do it in person. We will. You'll be back. I think we should hang out in Bowen's yellow room there. My parents, my parents' basement. My oh, yellow room. okay. <laughs> yep. That's yep. where we have to do it. They would love that, I think. <laughs> That, I think they would actually really respond to that idea, yes, to be honest for with sure. you. Um, for sure. Well, likewise, thank you for everything you've done, making us uh, laugh all these years and for having us on this platform. Thank you so, so much. And the movie's great. We love you, Will. Let's, we right. close out every episode with the song. We close out oh. each and every episode with the song. Okay, great. Ha, 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 I just like the soundtrack. Stream the soundtrack, and by the time this comes out, everyone's gonna know it off word perfect. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Croc clogs and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me and me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. <laughs> 